We are live, we are live, we are live.
Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's praise the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. Come on, everybody. Let's praise God this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. We welcome everyone. Good morning to everyone. So glad to have everyone in the house of God. Our online viewers, we thank you for tuning with us this morning. Amen. I pray God will bless us this morning. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of God another day. Amen. God, what an awesome thing. Praise God. We're going to get right into a service this morning. We're going to invite you all. If you could stand with us, we're going to pray and ask the Lord to have his way in our service this morning. That he will move mightily in his service. That his anointing will be in the man of God as he come forth to preach the word this morning. Amen. We had an awesome service and the 9 a.m. service. And we're looking forward for another beautiful and awesome service. Amen. Praise God. Hopefully the pastor going to play the trumpet in the second service. Amen. Amen. You never know what God can do. Amen. He may sing a solo. You never know. Amen. But we're serving an awesome God. Praise God. Let's stand with us as we pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you one more time for being in the present where we can worship you, Lord God, and glorify you and praise you, Lord God, for your mighty acts, O oh God. You've truly been so good to us, O oh God. We're so glad to be a part of your kingdom, O oh God. We're so glad that you brought us into your kingdom for such a time as this, O oh God. And as we're about to, Lord God, worship you this morning, we pray your anointing upon us individually and collectively, Lord God. Touch our praise singers, O oh God. 
God. Let your anointing be upon them, O oh God. I pray and ask you, Lord God, that you move like you have never moved before. I pray, Lord God, that someone will make up in their mind, O oh God, to be a part of this great big family of God, O oh God. That someone will make up in their mind to give their life to you before time changes, O oh God. I pray and ask you, Lord God, that you'll speak to our hearts, O oh God. Speak to our minds, O oh God. Use us like never before, Lord. I pray and ask you, Lord God, that you'll touch those that are sick among us, those that ill need healing in their body. Oh, I pray and ask you, Lord God, that you'll touch them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet and help them to be whole, oh God. I pray and ask you, Lord God, for those that are traveling, Lord God, that you'll bring them here safely, Lord. Father God, as we pray, we pray anointing upon our pastor this morning that as he come, oh God, your anointing will be upon him, Lord God, from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, Lord God. Let him speak like never before. Let him preach like never before. Oh God, you them for your glory for such a time as this, oh God. And I pray that someone will make up their mind to give their life to you before time changes. Have your way among us today, Lord God. For we know it's nothing good that we have done, but because of your love, because of your goodness, because of your mercy, you chose us for such a time as this, oh God, where we can worship you and praise you. And we pray and ask you, Lord God, that you'll speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, oh God. Oh God, manifest yourself Oh God, through us this morning one more time. Touch our praise singers individually and collectively. Have your way this morning as we worship you and praise you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Come on church, let's praise him this morning. Let's praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Take your place, Jesus. Take your place, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, the Lord said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? We lift up the name of Jesus.
this morning, I want you just to signal with the raising of a hand. If you have a prayer request, you don't have to say it to me. You don't have to say it to your neighbor. You just have to say it in your heart and in your mind. And because God is a mind reader, because God is a heart reader, all you got to do is just, just, just begin to think about that prayer request that you have and just, just, just think on it and, and slip your hand up because God is getting ready to answer your prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
Oh God, we call upon your name this morning, understanding, Lord God, that you are the omnipotent God. Understanding that you're the omnipresent God, the omniscient God. Now, Lord, for every hand that has been raised and every person who has purposed in their heart what they desire of you this morning, Lord. Will you hear their heart? Will you hear their request this morning? And let it be so that they may know that you, the Almighty God, love them and that you're a prayer answering God, that if they seek, they will find. If they ask, it shall be given unto them. And if they knock, the door shall be open. Now, Lord God, will Will you open up some doors? Now, Lord God, will you give as they have asked? Now, Lord God, let them find what they have seek from you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus Christ, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so, God, we ask to let your will be done. Let your kingdom be manifested among us today that we will behold the power and the glory from on high. Jesus, you are our king, and we know we can depend on you uh, and trust you. Uh, now, Lord, let it be so uh, as you have purposed in your will uh, and purposed in your ways. Uh, let it be so, oh great God. Uh, we ask you all these things in Jesus' name. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. We thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you this morning, O oh God. Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. What an awesome God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. Jesus is the God that we serve. Jesus is the God that we serve. What an awesome God that we serve. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, yes. Something is happening this morning. Something is happening this morning. Because God is in control. Because God is in control. Oh, mi yolo mose. yolo maha. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's like the honey of the honeycomb. And if you will taste and see, you will know that the Lord is good. You will see that he's sweeter than the honey of the honeycomb. I love you, Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of our God. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God is up to something. Amen.
You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. As you know, the month of October is, is designated as Cancer Awareness Month. And we join with the community who celebrates and, 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 and bring to the forefront um, those who have um, survived cancer, who have overcame cancer. There's a lot of people that I know, work with, friends that have um, overcame cancer and, 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 and those that are still fighting it. And so the month of October, we bring cancer to the forefront and we try to acknowledge it in just our way of just teaching and, and talking about it, um, how we can make a difference and how we can help one another and what we can expect when we're talking about cancer. And so we thank God for all of our healthcare professionals that help us to uh, just get a deeper understanding, a better understanding of cancer, what it's all about, and the different types of cancer. We're going to talk about a different type of cancer this morning here in this video in the next few minutes. And so if you can just give your attention to our video, we're going to allow you to get a, a, an understanding of uh, a, a kind of cancer that we don't hear get talked about much, but you know, we always want to be ahead of the curve. We want to always be out front before something happens. I don't like to be a re reactionary person. I, I, I always try to be what we like to call proactive, okay? I want to stay out front of something and not try to catch up. And so um, we need to do that same thing with cancer. So if you have the video and you'll show the video, we would appreciate that. So glioblastoma is a primary brain tumor um, that originates uh, typically in the brain, um, brain structures. Um, it is in that way different from um, other primary uh, solid tumors, let's say breast cancer or uh, melanoma that can potentially travel to the brain. And uh, this uh, kind of means that they, they would constitute a secondary um, brain tumor as opposed to glioblastoma, which is the primary. Um, it is the most common malignant glioma, and uh, uh, it's very invasive, uh, very aggressive, and uh, because of that, uh, the prognosis associated with the diagnosis is relatively poor. Uh, there are usually two different types of glioblastoma. We are now understanding uh, more and more about this. Uh, some of them originate from lower-grade tumors, lower-grade gliomas. Uh, some of them originate de novo. Um, they start as a, a high-grade glioma. Um, and we can frequently uh, tell uh, which one um, is which based on the molecular testing that we um, typically uh, attempt uh, in uh, each tumor sample. In my practice, uh, I think I probably see maybe 60, 70 percent of patients with um, primary glioblastoma and uh, maybe 30, 40 percent of patients with secondary glioblastoma. Uh, overall survival in uh, glioblastoma, depending again heavily on uh, the molecular status of the tumor can be anywhere from 12 months uh, uh, to you know, over 20 months. Um, again, depends on the molecular status of the tumor and also the treatment provided to the patient. So the typical patient with a glioblastoma in the United States is still a white middle-aged man. Uh, however, it is seen in all age groups. Unfortunately, it is seen in children, um, and uh, it's pretty devastating when it does occur in children. But um, in adults, there is a second peak uh, in the older age group, above 70. Um, the 
patients, um, risk factors, and people always ask me this too as well, because everybody's always very scared that it's your cell phone that causes it or something they've done to themselves. And what I can say is there's never been any correlation between cell phones, alcohol, tobacco, you know, uh, none of that has ever caused, been shown to be correlated with GBMs. But radiation has been shown. And they know this from the 1950s. Uh, back in uh, Russia, they used to try and treat children um, with uh, radiation pertinia capitis, which is just basically um, a ringworm of the scalp, which is a fungal infection of the scalp. And of course, the fungus died after radiated. And then those children immigrated to Israel as adults, and they were diagnosed with meningiomas and astrocytomas. So that was something that came from the 1950s when we really didn't know too much about radiation. Uh, but nowadays, you know, obviously we don't get radiation exposures like that anymore. So it really is just random bad luck, unfortunately. So the way that the question is, uh, how do the patients present uh, with glioblastoma and what kind of specific symptoms are associated with the newly diagnosed glioblastoma patients? So most of the times, it's interesting, the glioblastoma patients do not present in a dramatic way. Uh, the way in which they present is with a constellation of three different symptoms. Some of them will present with headaches. Most of the patients will actually present with headaches. A second category of patients will present with cognitive problems, memory, speech. And a third category of patients will present with seizures. That is why majority of the patients will present to the office of their primary care doctor or um, their neurologist, and only a minority of the patients will present to the emergency room visits. Uh, so uh, the incidence of glioblastoma is overall increasing. Uh, we are uh, seeing uh, more patients with this condition. Um, also, the, uh, the age of the diagnosis appears to have shifted. Um, it used to be a disease of patients uh, in the 60, 70 years old category. Now we are seeing more and more patients in their late 20s, 30s, and 40s. Um, typically, in a typical week, uh, I might see you know, one to two newly diagnosed patients. Uh, um, it sometimes uh, kind of comes in waves. Uh, in, in one week, we can potentially have you know, up to five patients, and then you can, we can have a, another week then when we don't have a case. But on average, it's, it's you know, one to two cases per week um, in, a, in a large uh, academic center in a large city. Um, and my colleagues also see you know, a similar uh, number of patients. So, so that would be the kind of the average um, number of cases that we, we see. Lord, everybody. <laughs> Amen. Glioblastoma, is that it? I won't say that. Thank you, Pastor. I won't say that. I, that's, I, stay, I stay out of my, uh, I stay in my area. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> Amen. But listen, what we try to do is to make sure we update everybody with information. Um, you know, we're living in such a time where, you know, the, the less information, the less knowledgeable we are. And um, so our goal is to make sure, you know, we put awareness out there. And um, some of us may be aware of it. Some of us are not aware of what's going on. So, you know, the video that we just watched early in our AM service, the 9 AM and this morning service, um, you know, a, a few prominent personnel that have been affected by this cancer, which has been, you know, I don't want to say rapidly, nurses can correct me, rapidly spreading right now. 
um, but um, it's just one of those things that it, it's not the norm and the way it affect you know affect our brain. It, it's it's so you know dangerous. It just give you just a, a, a minimum time. In fact, when you when when you get it, you know you just have anywhere between six to eight months, maximum two years. I think John McCain. When he was diagnosed with it, he went almost a uh, year and a half before he died. Um, so I may be wrong, but approximate time. So um, it, it's it's tough time we're living in. So um, be aware of what's going on. And as you notice, we have uh, our colors that we're wearing this morning is our pink just to be associated with our Cancer Awareness Month. So, you know, we just want to make sure, you know, we can stay up to up up to date with what's going on that's a better word to use there but god is good amen in spite of what's going on we're still serving an awesome god amen so we welcome everyone this morning to christ center church so glad to have everyone in the house of god our online viewers we're so thankful that you're tuning with us this morning and i pray that god will continue to bless us this morning um yes he, he did that in our am service and he's going to continue to do that uh, in this service, we already feel a mighty move of God in our praise and worship. And everything that's been going on, God is really an awesome God. I love the Lord with all of my heart. I know most of you heard me saying this over and over, but I genuinely love the Lord with all of my heart and with all my mind. And I'm not going to stop loving Him, right? Because all my strength cometh from Him. He's the one that sustained me and keep me. Amen? Amen. So everybody said it's offering time. It's offering time. Amen. Give a good offering this morning. You know, give out of your heart this morning. If the Lord wants to bless you and ask you to write a check for 1.7 million, I'm still going to put it out there. If the Lord wants you to write 1.7 million this morning, the only reason I'm saying that, you know, if you're able to join in on one service, you know, for your family or for those that are able to come into the building, you're going to say it's worthwhile investing in. Amen. So I want you to be a blessing this morning in the house of God. Remember, if you playing electronically it's to my right your left and you can give online you can give to cash app ccc 2711 amen or if you want to mail it in you can mail it in at 22 concord avenue in hamilton new jersey amen but you know we're here to serve god amen this is christ center church we care about your soul we care about what we do for christ because what we're doing is for christ because only what you do for christ will last amen amen we're going to invite you all if you can stand with us this morning as we uh, receive our offering this morning. Amen. Praise God. I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I'm just excited. Amen. If you want an envelope, just wave your hand. Brother Tom or Brother Henry will give you an envelope. Remember, there's a basket in the middle, and we have one on my left, one on your right. Feel free to give unto the Lord. Bow your heads. Father God, we love you. We thank you for what we are feeling in this place, O oh God. We ask you, Lord God, as you're about to receive our offering this morning, we ask you to bless every giver, Lord God. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise, O oh God, make a way so they can be a blessing, Lord God. I pray and ask you to keep us, O oh God, and that your hands will continue to be upon us, Lord God, in everything that we do. We ask you to bless our online viewers this morning, O oh God, and our givers. Let your will be done as we say thanks for your blessing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Everybody said amen. 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 Worship the Lord with us this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.
Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Oh, man. You sure you don't want to preach this service as well, Brother Carla? <laughs> My God, he's just been awesome. He's just been awesome this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Scarlett preached at 9 a.m., and he preached on the topic, uh, God's, we are God's chosen people. And he did an awesome job, and when he got done preaching, he started playing for us. And the Spirit of the Lord just moved and, and just flowed over into this service as we started out at 1030. The Spirit of the Lord just continued to move. And here we are again. The Spirit of God is just continuing to move. And I, 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 this, I was just looking in awe, just like thanking God. And I said, you all are acting like you know what I'm going to preach this morning. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I will tell you this. You need to make sure you take in this message that I'm going to preach to you this morning. I'm telling you, you want to hear this real clear. Because sometimes God needs to make things clear to us. He's going to make something clear to you this morning. Because um, yesterday at um, our corporate prayer, I felt impressed in my heart to say to us that we need to do better in in perceiving and understanding God's word. Uh, we need not to handle God's word in a lazy way. Why are you saying that, preacher? Because it's easy for us. We're just, I don't know, maybe it's our nature um, that we like to, whatever we interpret or whatever we receive, we only receive what we think is beneficial to us. We only respond to things that we feel work for us. And so what we do, we tend to do when we read the word of God, we tend to make it fit into the lifestyle that we're living so it can work for us. And if we live like that, we're going to miss out on what God has for us. Because if, if, if we knew what to do and how to do it, then we wouldn't need God. And so what God wants us to understand is we need to interpret, we need to receive and understand his word the way he intended, not the way we want it to be. And so that's a challenge for all of us because we have emotions, we have life that we live and we have uh, situations and things that happen um, uh, you know, just all the experiences that we have in life, those are all part of us. And so, you know, emotion and our experiences play a big part in how we respond and how we see and how we perceive things. And so God is trying to get us to see it the way he is trying to get us to understand it, not the way we would like it to be. Because no matter how smart we are, we will never know what we need to know. Only God knows what we need to know. Mm -hmm. So until God transmitted it to us, we don't know. We might think we do, but we don't. And so I say all that to say this morning, listen to the word of God. Let God speak to your heart. I welcome all of you this morning to Christ Center Church. Uh, those of you that are here in the house of God. There's an experience here that you can only get here. <laughs> and for those of you that have joined us virtually, you can share in the experience, but you can't just 
treat this as a TV program. You, you can't treat this as I'm just, you know, think about this. If you are here this morning, unless you got to use the bathroom real bad, you kind of stay where you are and just kind of stay locked in until everything is over. Well, when you're home, do the same. You know, we're home and we may be watching it on the couch and we might, you know, be trying to cook at the same time. Oh, let me turn this pot off before. Oh, and you know, we got to do this and go, oh, let me. Uh, uh, you don't do that while you're here. So the little bit of time that we spend together, let's just be locked in together and not worry about what else is going on. Make sure everything is because while you're here, if your pot is on, it's just on. Nothing you can do. I'm just saying, you know, if you leave the garage door open, it's, it's open. You know what I'm saying? So just kind of treat this as whether we're virtually or we're here, let's be locked in together. Stand with me and turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Again, welcome. Welcome to all of you to Christ Center Church. It's your church and I welcome you. As we come together one more time, God has been good to us, and we thank God for that. We thank God for Brother Scarlett just, you know, loving us this morning through the ministry of the Word of God, and God bless him, man. Have your way in his life, Lord. And for all of you that are here, praying God's blessing upon you, which if you're here, you know something's already happening. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse number 23 through 25. The word of God says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. I want to talk to you today on this simple topic together. Together. I'm probably going to preach more to me then I'm probably going to preach to you. I, I'm, I'm excited about this word this morning. I don't know. It's just in my bones. I'm like, woo, talk to me, Jesus. Together. Father, we thank you for your word. You always, and you will make sure your word go out and accomplish that which you want it to accomplish. And so, Lord, I am saying to you this morning, let your word accomplish in me what it's supposed to accomplish. Let your word accomplish in this congregation what it's supposed to accomplish. Lord, we want your will to be done here this morning in our hearts, in our minds, in the midst of this congregation, those of us that are here and those who are virtually. Lord, help us today that our life will never be the same after this message. And that, Lord God, we can provoke one another to love. And that's something 
something will happen differently and that we, oh God, will experience the glory of the Lord today. Father, I know you are ready to do a miracle. And oh God, with expectation, I pray every person will brace themselves for that miracle, will brace themselves for what you're getting ready to do right now in this service today. I pray and ask these things, Lord, in your wonderful and matchless name, the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated. Together. Together. Are you a part or a part? Are you a part or a part? Two words. Mm -hmm. A part and a part are often confused, especially by non-native speakers of the English language. A part is mostly used as an adverb denoting a separation between two or more things. A part, two words, means a fraction of a whole. The two expressions are identical in spelling, but for a space, and they have similar origins. Isn't it amazing how a word that is all about separation came to be so similar to a phrase that has to do with being integral to a unified whole? The difference between a part and a part is a part implies a separation between things. They are away from one another. And a part with the space denotes that a thing is a share of a whole. There's togetherness going on when you talk about a part, a part, the separate separation of that word. With all that is happening in our world, Coronavirus pandemic, racial tension, and political agendas. I see fear influencing our decisions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see many opting to figure their own way or doing their own thing and totally accepting being Apart, separated from the body of Christ, the church of the living God. Unfortunately, I don't see enough believers pushing to be a part, meaning assembling ourselves together. Now, let me say this before you start thinking this. I do understand we're in a pandemic. But we are taking all the precautions that we need to take to be sure we're being safe. Hmm. But hear me, church, and hear me well, 
It's one thing if we're being reckless as a church the way how we come together and we ignore uh, uh, just how we're supposed to be together and, 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 and we're just doing whatever and we're not being safe. It's one thing that, that if that's the way we were doing things, but that's not the way we're doing things. We're doing what we can to be safe. Uh, next week, hopefully, we'll have some, you know, UV lighting to, to help with what we're trying to do. We're wearing our mask and we're trying to sit six feet apart. But I'm telling you, we cannot use that to stay apart. One way or another, we got to get ready for the return of Jesus Christ. What... Can we do to encourage the body of Christ to be together, to assemble ourselves together regularly? Mm -hmm. The Bible says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. What is the Bible trying to tell us? Holding fast the profession, or should I say our confession of our faith is to remain true to our faith. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is what we know about Jesus and his word. We need to remain in them, not to remove ourselves out of Christ and his word. When we stay apart, we're removing ourselves from what God is trying to do. And it says, it, it not only say that we must, we must, uh, Hold fast to our profession of, to, to the professing of our faith, but also we ought to do it without wavering. What does that mean without wavering? Without inclining or giving away our faith. Not to lean away from our faith, but to be steady in our faith. Listen, it's easy to waver with all that is going on in our world, but I'm here to tell you, don't waver. Be firm. Be steady in your knowledge of Jesus Christ and his word and live an obedient life to what he's telling you. Live according to his word. There is no sure thing in our world today except Jesus. And so we have Many of us are trying to make decisions and make moves and do our thing. And I'm here to tell you, it's not a sure thing that whatever you're trying to accomplish will be accomplished. Corona has shown us that you can plan all you want. You can have all the things lined up the way you want. That everything will just be plan just right. But guess what? If there's a coronavirus, everything that you had in line and ready to do, you can't do anymore. My poor children, they know we like to take vacation during the December month, the middle of December month, and they're already going crazy. Dad, no vacation this year. I said, we can go, but wherever we go, we just got to stay cooped up. So what good is it? There's no sure thing in this world except Jesus Christ and his word. Don't you give up a sure thing for uncertainty, for failure, and eventually loss. When you give up on Jesus, what you're doing is you are heading for uncertainty. You're heading for failure, and eventually you will suffer great loss. 
What can we do to not waver in our faith? Hear me? What can we do to not waver in our faith? Read God's word every day. Mm -hmm. Memorize it and meditate on it. Mm -hmm. Practice the habit of giving Jesus priority in your life. I got to say that one again. Practice the habit of giving Jesus priority in your life. Practice the habit of giving Jesus priority in your life. Priority in your life. Pray early every day. Worship regularly and share the word of God with others. If you do that, you won't waver much. If you do that, you You may not waver at all. We must hold fast to our faith without wavering. Why must we do that? Because he is faithful that promised. Jesus made promises to us and he's faithful and he will keep his promises. And so because he's so faithful and he's a promise keeper, we need to be faithful and not waver and do our part because he who is faithful will surely see that what he promised he will deliver. Jesus Christ who promised us eternal life is faithful to do just that. But we must be faithful to him For us to inherit that eternal life. All that he promised, he will perform. Just don't waver. Be firm. Be steady. Don't lean. Don't give away your faith. Because God says be faithful. As we endeavor to do the things that he tells us to do. To hold fast to the profession of our faith. Without wavering, as we endeavor to do those things, let's consider one another. Mm -hmm. Let us so regard the welfare of each other. Let's excite each other to persevere in this Christian life. (laughs) Hear me now. Hear me, somebody. We must not be selfish. We must not regard our interests only. We should demonstrate a kind sympathy for the concerns of each other. Listen, as Christians, we must have the same responsibilities to perform and the same trials we will meet. So let us strengthen each other in trials and encourage each other in responsibilities. We have to encourage one another. And when we're apart, how do we encourage one another? When we are not together, how do we encourage one another? When you do your own thing and I do my own thing, how do we encourage one another? If you're thinking this way and I'm thinking this way, how can we ever come together? Because except two agree, they cannot walk together. So we have to be apart, apart, together and not apart, separated. A lot more to be said about this. Let me go on. When we say consider each other, what are we talking about? What is the Bible talking about? It means to provoke unto love 
Meaning we are to spur each other on in Christ and our service to him. So we ought to encourage one another. Keep singing unto the Lord, Ethan. Keep on lifting up the name of Jesus in your worship. Praise singers, keep on worshiping God when you sing. Gabby, keep worshiping God as you sing. Uh, Everything you do for Christ, we need to be encouraging one another. Nobody should do anything for Christ and nobody ever says anything uh, to encourage them. That's what the body is supposed to do. This is why we can't be separated. This is why we can't be apart. We must be together. Church, listen to me. This is a together thing. This is not a loner thing. This is not for the Lone Rangers. This is a together thing. We are supposed to be doing this together, not alone. As a matter of fact, hear me. The devil is trying his best to get you alone that he can cause havoc in your life. You have no clue what when you stay away from the body of Christ, when you stay away from the gathering of the church, when you stay away, you don't understand you are ripe for the taking for the devil to come after you. You're right for him to attack. And don't think he always attacked oh, where you he will be obvious. Oh, no, he's subtle. Oh, no, he, he is a, a slimy, slippery, deceitful thing. Uh, and he's not going to come hit you with a sledgehammer. He's going to lower you out until you get so far that even when you think about getting back to become a part, you can't even do it because you're ashamed and you're embarrassed because that's what he does. You think when you mess up out there and don't want to come into church, you think it's just you? No, the devil worked in your life to make you feel ashamed and, and, and get you to say, yeah, I'm going to go back. Yeah, I'll get there. The devil is working and making you feel embarrassed and you won't come back. You think God is a God of embarrassment? If you're feeling shame and embarrassment, it's you and the devil did has nothing to do with God you remember the woman that they found in adultery remember that how did Jesus make her feel did he embarrass her so so why would we be embarrassed to come to church did you ever stop to think about that? That we are, when you feel embarrassment to go in the house of the Lord and, and you feel like, oh, you know, I haven't gone in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say, oh, that's all the work of Satan in your life. God is not about embarrassment. God is love. And love says, I could care less what you've done. Just come on back in the fold and get it together. When he get us alone, the devil that is, he can stir up doubt, he can stir up confusion, and he will get you to believe lies. The things that I hear people say sometimes. Let's be honest, church, and let's be honest, everybody. 
There is no way to stay away from the gathering of the body of Christ and be better off. But sometimes we try to sell that. I know I haven't been there, but I'm doing good. Who are you telling that? I don't understand. Just so you don't think I'm trying to give you a hard time. The Bible says iron sharpeneth. Come on, let's let's just not lie. Let's not let the devil have a stronghold in our life. Just say what it is and just do what you're supposed to do and not get yourself all caught up in the web of lying. Trying to make yourself feel good, even though, listen, straight up. When you have messed up, be hard on yourself. I'm the hardest critic in my life. Athletes know that. Other people practice that. I'm my hardest critic, and I'm going to make it so. The Bible says judgment must first begin at the house. And so the bottom line is you need to be your hardest critic. Don't try to make yourself feel good when you know you're doing wrong. you got to be your hardest critic. It's your life. When you mess up, just be hard on yourself. Yes, stretch your hand out to God and say, God, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I find myself in this kind of predicament. I can't believe I allowed myself to be enticed to do this. I can't believe I've turned my back on you like that. I can't believe I rejected your word like that. And I'm just devastated about it, Lord, but I still need you to save me. That's how you got to do it. You do it any other way, you're going to stay in your sinful way. You're going to be, you're going to be just controlled by your sin and by Satan all because you won't be real with yourself or you won't be hard on yourself when you don't do what God wants you to do. Hebrews 10.25, the area of the scripture we read where it says, not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. I guess that ain't in the Bible for some people. That's not one of those verses that's in the Bible. You know, we like to ignore certain scriptures and certain scriptures we like. Christians must not give up meeting together. Some Christians then, as well as today, were in the habit of not going to the church meetings. The assembling of the body of Christ. For whatever the reasons... These believers were trying to survive on their own. This individualistic attitude is prevalent today as well. What's your generation called, Ethan? Huh? Millennials? I love the millennials. Whenever anything is going on in, in my leadership um, um, Zoom meeting, you'll notice I like to pick on the millennials and some of the old people might be saying, why you always got to talk? I know what I'm doing. <laughs> we already old people been doing our stuff for a long time and we can't see straight sometimes because we're just used to seeing it a certain way. So I asked the millennials because they come up with something that we are not familiar with, something that we're not thinking about. 
Am I going to listen to everything that they say? Yes. Am I going to do everything that they say? No. But I need to listen. And so I always pick on the millennial. Talk to me. I even go a little lower than the millennials. I'll go to Matthew and all of them. I say, talk to me. What's going on? What am I missing here? I want to hear from them. Now, here is one of the reasons why I want to hear from them. They got this entrepreneurial spirit. In their way of processing, they're not traditional like me and the older me and all. No, all they're ever thinking about is a different way to do things. Why y'all do that that way? And, and I, can, I, can, I can make my money this way and I can do it this way. I'm not going to work at no job for no 30 years and get a retirement. No, no, no. I'm doing something different. That's how they think. I appreciate that. But here's what I got to tell them. You have to be careful that you don't treat everything like that. Because you cannot become so individualistic as a child of God. So that same thing that's, remember, if you follow me and listen to what I say, you will always hear me say this. Your greatest strength is also your weakness. Don't you ever forget that. So whatever you flourish in and do great at, it's the same thing that can mess you up. So that individualistic way, that entrepreneurial way of thinking is super for the millennials. But it's also the thing that hurts them too. Because here's what they try to do. They try to serve God a different way. And while some might be okay and it doesn't go against the word, some of it go against the word. And some of it that I'm talking about is failing to assembling themselves together because in their mind, why do we all have to always come together? Can't we do it a different way? And I'm here to tell you millennials and everybody, no! No, you can't do it another way. No, you can't do it another way. Because God said so, not because the preacher said so. No, you can't do it another way. The only way to do it is the way God says, assemble yourself together, assemble yourself together, assemble yourself together. No, you can't do it your way. This is not a business. This is not an entrepreneurial thing. How you going to make money? This is the kingdom of God. And what the king of the kingdom says is what goes. No, you can't do it that way. So I appreciate individualism. I appreciate the entrepreneurial spirit. I love it because they help us be better. God, God brought them into existence because we're moving forward and God allowed them to help lead the charge on how we move forward. But he still got us here, too, to say, as we move forward with all your creativity, hold on now. Don't get too out of hand. Don't get off track. That's what we're here for. And that's how God's, that's how God is, that's how generations upon generation live. God keep the, the, the elders around and bring the young ones up. And the young ones do what God put into their heart to do as young ones. But they're supposed to come to the elder and say, elder, what's your thoughts? It's all good. Go ahead, young man. Go ahead, young woman. It's all good. You're, you're on the right track. Even though you're doing it different, differently from me, you're, you're not outside of the, the, the will of God. You're not outside the word of God. It's not supposed to work. So old people that's trying to stay stuck in their ways, sorry, you, you need to work with the millennials and see what they're doing. But millennials that's trying to just run with everything that you can think, 
Hold on now. Hold your horses. Check with the elder to make sure you, 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 you in alignment with the things that you need to be in alignment with. That's how God want it to be. The individualistic attitude is prevalent today as well. God did not design Christians to be completely independent of each other. However, he designed believers to need and encourage each other. To withdraw from corporate strength is to invite disaster like a soldier in battle who lags behind the rest of the platoon and becomes an easy target. Whether you're in the army and you lag behind, you become an easy target. Whether you're supposed to be a part of the flock and you lag behind, you become an easy target for the roaring lion. Same thing when you're a part of the body of Christ. If we're always meeting, but you're not where we're meeting at, you're an easy target for Satan. God will always show us the natural so we can understand the spiritual. And if we're a part of the body of Christ, a part of the church of the living God, and we decide, ah, that ain't for me, ah, that ain't for me, ah, what you're doing is you're not being a part together. You are making yourself separate and an easy target for Satan. Listen, we don't stop going to church on one Sunday. We don't stop being a part one time. As you start to cultivate this attitude, because here is how you walk away from God. You stop going to church. Just go study it. You walk, you stop going to church. I just sometimes, you know, I got things going on, you know, you know, we got the excuse of why we don't go. We just, we just stop coming. Oh, I'm still saved. Uh Uh-huh. And then before you know it, we're not reading our Bibles as much. We're not praying as much. Yeah, too many hypocrites at the church. Because, because you're building your case as to why you're going to leave God. We don't understand. We build our case to say. And so when you finally stop going to church and stop praying and stop reading your Bible, guess what? You already built this big case to explain why you don't go to church and why you don't mess with the church people and why you don't pray. And how can we say God is real? That's what we do. Don't lie to yourself. Don't deceive yourself. That's what we do. We put ourselves in arm's way to become targets when we don't assemble ourselves together. The neglector, the one who doesn't want to assemble together, they say, there's no need for my frequent attendance at church service. I can read the Bible or listen to a sermon on my own. And as for worship, Me and my family can do that. Mm -hmm. But listen to me. Reading your Bible, listening to a sermon, and worshiping with your family is not attendance where God divinely instituted preaching of the gospel to save your soul. 
We don't want to understand that if God establish a church, then God is in charge and in control of that church. Which also means when God send you to that church, he's sending you there because there is where he will communicate to you what he wants you to hear and know. And he uses that knucklehead, regular man or woman like you that you can't understand why he, he can use that person. So what's the big deal? And so that person that you think may not be nothing, God anoints them and use them to speak clearly to you. What he wants you to know. And sometimes you don't like what God is saying to you. So you don't show up. You don't want to hear what God has to say. So you don't show up. What you're telling God is. I hear you Lord. But I don't feel like hearing that. Let me do my thing. That entrepreneurial spirit. Jump up on you again. That individualistic stuff. Jump up on you again. That lagging behind thing jump up on you again. But understand that what God has divinely prepared for you, you can't go any place and just hear that. Listen, God's word is good no matter where you go. So I, I, I understand what some of you say. Well, good God, yes. What makes the congregation God place you in to be so there's a lot of things that make it really interesting. But one of the things that make it really interesting is timing. <laughs> you go and check God's stuff. And when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman. He knows the right time of everything. And so as God is working and planning your life to make your life successful, he knows every appointed time that you need to hear something. <laughs> there are times when you're wondering why God won't speak and God is saying, because it ain't time for me to speak. Did you, what, did you read the word of God and see when God told Noah to go build an ark and how long before God come back to Noah to give him some more instructions? God don't speak every time. He is just that kind of God. He will give you some word and then he lets you carry it out. Then he give you some time. And then you won't hear from him again until it's appointed for you to hear from him again. Well, when God puts you in a congregation, that's what he's doing. He has appointed the time for you to hear certain message. And this morning, he has appointed the time for you to hear what I'm saying. I feel it in my bones, church. I feel like God is getting ready to return. And what he's trying to get me to communicate to you is, okay, you saw how I allowed the coronavirus to come. And I got you all more sensitive and cognitive to what I can do and what I need for you to focus on me. I wanted you to focus on me. And so I let the, I allowed the virus to come. But now that you're focused on me, don't let this slip away. Come closer together. Get more focus on me. Get to come together more in worship, in praise, in being a part of the kingdom of God because my return is at hand. But how we like to do? Reactionary. Ooh, coronavirus. I can get the virus and die. Let me start getting serious about God. And so if you didn't get the coronavirus to the point where you almost die, 
you're kind of getting comfortable now. Okay, okay, okay. Look like we're doing all right on the virus. All right, I, I, I can just, I can do my thing now. I can go back to do my thing. You know what I mean? I mean, even if I get it now, I might be all right. You know what I'm saying? So we can go to the beach. We can have a good time. If I get it right now, it's not that bad because I saw people got in fine now. But back in April and March, I needed Jesus because I didn't know what was going to happen. Just be honest with yourself. And so that's where we are right now. So now that we're, we're kind of getting a little bit of understanding how it works and we're masking it up and we knowing how to handle ourselves, we're kind of going back to, we're slipping back. And God has sent me here this morning to preach a message to you uh, that don't you slip back. Uh, don't you pull yourself apart. Uh, but you better become a part. Uh, you better become a part of the whole uh, and begin to live for God uh, and begin to come together and get your mind off the virus. Just, oh God, hear me. Just like how you got your mind thinking uh, that, you know what, it's looking like we're getting ahead of this thing. It's looking like we're working just like you're thinking that. But guess what? Let me call you out. You're thinking that, but you ain't thinking it about the kingdom of God. You're thinking it about your vacation. You're thinking about going to work. You're thinking it about going to the beach. You're thinking it about going to a restaurant. You're thinking it about your pleasures. You're not thinking about it, about coming to church. You know I'm telling you the truth. As you get to feel more comfortable in this pandemic and you feel like, okay, we're seeing a good thing. And, and, and we've been saying our governor here in New Jersey, he's doing a good job shutting things down and making sure we had to stabilize. And so New Jersey seemed to be doing all right. And so we're thinking about what we can do to have a good time now. We ain't thinking about let's go to church. No, 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 no. We're thinking about having a good time. Boy, we in trouble when we, I don't know who we think we fooling. You know, every once in a while, God allowed a preacher to let y'all know, because you know what God do me a lot of times? He shut my mouth. Don't you say one word about that, boy. It's not time for you to say anything. Because I tell you a lot of times, y'all think I don't know and I don't understand stuff. Like, I'm like crazy or something. I'm not crazy. I'm just under the control of the hand of God. I'm under the control of the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm under control of Jesus. So sometimes when I feel like just blurting something out and saying what I really feel, he said, don't you say one word, boy. When I tell you what to say, that's what you say. Well, guess what? He let me loose this morning to say what I'm saying. That, that's what's happening this morning. He let me loose today to say what I need to say to you all because it's not me, but it's God that's saying it to you all because he is trying his best to reach us and pull us in. And all we're trying to do is set up shop for our own personal desires and how we feel and what we want. And we're not giving it to him. But in the but 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 in the height of Corona, we all praying. In the height of Corona, you go look at all of the church uh, uh, live stream, and everybody was on live stream. I look at our view. When Corona was at its height, I mean, within hours, we would have like four or five hundred people view the live feed. I checked the other day, about two two twenty seven. 227. I'm just telling you, people pay attention. Well, I know I pay attention. About 227. But height of Corona, 600. I mean, I mean, this thing was hot, 600. 
I was in my basement. 600. Because <laughs> it ain't had nothing to do with me. It had to do with what y'all thought was going on with Corona. So y'all was positioning yourself to make sure you was right with God. Man. But somehow we're going to try to, 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 to make it be like it's something else. Go ahead and try to make it be like something else. I don't care how long you've been in church. Let me tell you something. We can be in church as long as we want. We can, we can claim to be as spiritual as we want. God knows our heart. You can fool man, but you can't fool God. And sometimes I'm telling you what it, what, what it comes down to. And I've been saying this. God will allow certain things to happen to get you going in the right direction. Unfortunately, the one that was not where they needed to be, I'm saying that nice. The ones who were not where they were supposed to be, they find themselves on the outside. So it's easy to tell who was really in this. Since you want the truth be told. It's easy to tell who was really in this. And the ones who we can't find these days that we used to find before. That tells you something. Hate to break the news to you, but it's true. If you are sincerely living for God, when things like this happen, it's supposed to make you climb a little higher. It it makes you say, oh, my God, I got to dig a little deeper. It makes you say, oh, my God, I got to do this thing just a little bit more. Not, not, not lose. It can't find you. I love sports. I didn't catch the, la- the end of the baseball game last night. I heard it was really good. Two errors in the last inning brought the run in and Tampa Bay won. Why did I bring that up? <laughs> Thinking about Mr. Brantley now. Sorry about your um, Braves, Mr. Brantley, because they was doing good, too. His Braves was doing good. Because I like Atlanta you know, on, on the slide here, Mr. Brantley. I like Atlanta, too. And so they were doing good. They're young, though. They don't, they, they don't, they're not ready. Maybe next year they'll be ready. But, but I, I bring that up because when a game get real good, Ethan, we pull off the we – we, you know, while the game is in the first quarter or something, you know, you kind of spread out on the couch. But when fourth quarter come or ninth inning come and the game start getting good, you pull up to the edge of the seat. Sometimes you even get up and start pacing if it's your team. Come on! What is he doing? You see how hypocritical? I'm just trying to show you how we play games and try to make it look good. And then try to pass it off to people like people are stupid or something. So if we're doing that when the game is heightened. If we're doing that while the game is exciting, if we're doing that when we're at the end of the game and it's in the balance, what should we do? Living for Jesus. He's getting ready to come. The end of life, the end of this age, the end of this world is hanging in the balance and we're almost there and we're not pacing back and forth and we're not saying, come on. Jesus, help us today. Our blessing, listen to me, is wrapped up in our obedience. God commanded us to go 
assemble ourselves together, for there is where he will unveil his blessing to us. And so, church, this is what I was talking about when I said this morning, it's like you all knew what I was going to preach. Because we assembled ourselves together and we were in unity this morning. Didn't you see what kind of thing that happened here? Let me tell you something. Secret, secret, secret. I've said it before, but let me say it again. Secret. The best church services are when the weather is bad. Why do you say that, preacher? Because only the people who really want to come, come on that day. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. The best church services is when the weather is bad and everybody says, oh, well, I know pastor understand because he believes safety first. So I'm just going to stay home today and you stay home and it's okay. But those who press through on that day, I've seen the best services with five people, with 50 people, with 25 people, because those people, they were there because they wanted to be there. Oh, somebody help me today. I feel like today is that kind of day. The weather's not bad, but the deal is it just wasn't a kind of church-going day. But all of you that came, came because you wanted to. Oh, maybe only the children, and I'm not selling them short, but maybe only the children don't want to be here. But all of you here this morning, and all of you that were at the 9 a.m. service, you want to be here. And because you want to be here, we have experienced the presence of the Lord, and we will experience it one more time before we leave, because we want to be here. Don't you sell this coming to... Be be together short. Don't you sell it short. There's something about it. God didn't want us to do it just to do it and waste time. Christianity in itself is social. <laughs> I'll say it again. Christianity itself is social. As we need friends beyond our own domestic relations, so we need Christianity, which exercises a wider circle than the home one. I love that. So listen to me in case you missed what I just said. If you just need to stay home and read your Bible, if you just need to stay home and, 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 and watch a, a sermon, if you just need to stay home and worship, why do you go outside? Y'all don't want to mess with this preacher this morning. Why don't you just stay home and don't go to work either? Why don't you just not talk to your neighbor either? Why, why, why don't you not talk to nobody on the phone? Just leave everybody. Stay home with your family because your family is important and special. Just stay home with your family. Read your Bible. Worship. But don't mess with nobody else. Tell me how that works. Because the bottom line is that's not how God created us. God created us to be social. God created us to be together. And so you can't survive just you and your family. So stop telling yourself that. I love my family. I do anything for my family. I'm supposed to so I can even brag about that. But the bottom line is I need more than my family is what I'm telling you, church. You need more than your family, church. We can't go around talking about, oh, I don't go near my family. Okay, 
then don't go to work. Don't have nobody come over and visit. You don't go visit nobody. Don't talk to your neighbor. Since all you need is your family, leave everybody else alone. You won't do it. Well, stop talking mess about staying home with you and your family. We need each other. That's why God established a church. We're social and we're supposed to come together. Get very close. The beginning, the middle, and the end of the church age strongly emphasize and taught togetherness. What do you mean by that, preacher? Acts 2.41. Then they that gladly receive his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued it. You hear they, 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 and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. When we come together and we worship the Lord and we pray signs and wonders will be done. Verse 44 is the key verse here. Look at it. And all that believe and all that believed were together and had all things common. So if you're not in church when you're supposed to be in church, it's because you don't have nothing in common with me. Yeah, that's a dagger. I want to be here to worship Jesus. I want to be here to let you all know I love you. I'm glad to see you. I want to be here to encourage somebody. I want to be here to see the smile on your face. I want to be here to hear Brother Scarlett play the trumpet. I want to be here to see Brother Henry greeting people and telling us how to give a good offering this morning. I want to be here to see the nurses welcome you and take your temperature and tell you, make sure you got on your mask. And if you don't have a mask, they give you one. I want to be here for the fellowship. I want to be here for the togetherness. So if you're not here, you don't want that. If you're not here, you don't want that. Say whatever you want. Make sure this... I wish this, this message could play online nonstop. Every time they click on Christ Center Church, this is all they're going to hear. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 5. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 5. Even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and had raised us up together, and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now here is the best together. First Thessalonians, first Thessy. First Thessy chapter 4, verse number 16 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be. What are we trying to prove by not coming together? Because you can't go to heaven by yourself. You cannot make it to heaven by yourself. You will get to heaven together. 
So tell me, how does that work? How do you practice being alone, but you plan to go to heaven together? Tell me. Tell me, please. How can you live alone in Christ, but you plan to go to heaven together? (laughs) When the church got started in the book of Acts, they had all things common and they were together. As they live for God and do their thing, guess what? God blessed them together. And when God is ready to get us up out of here, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say, Brother Tom. I don't know what else to tell us. Because we're trying to be alone and God is saying this is a together thing. You don't make it if you're not together. You don't have to be friendly. You don't have to be talkative. But you just need to be present. I'm sure Brother D will be able to tell you all. I'll pick on Brother D because Brother D is very reserved. He is not a talkative guy. He's not a rah-rah guy. But he's here. So don't tell me you're just not one of those people. I'm just, you know, I'm just not a people-friendly person. Okay. How you going to get there? You don't get there by yourself. So you don't have to be the friendliest person. You don't have to be the most jovial person. You don't have to be the most talkative person. You just have to make sure you are together. Let's stand. In Hebrews, the last portion of chapter 10, verse 25, what it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As we see the day of the Lord approaching, it went on to say, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Right. Christians must encourage one another. These words reveal that Christians are responsible for each other. Uh huh. I know you didn't think you were responsible for another Christian. But we're all responsible to encourage one another. Christians cannot be concerned just for their own spiritual well-being. They must also encourage others to keep fervent in their love and active in their service to God. This encouragement should happen all the more as we see the day approaching. This day, Christ's return. Christ will return. Through centuries, many Christians have discouraged, have, have been discouraged because they believe that Christ should have already returned. But Christ has not forgotten and he has not changed his plans. Christians must live as if the Lord will come back any moment. Christ must not find us lax. In our devotion and preparation. Together. Together. To me, just saying that word, it just brings warmth to my soul. I can't lie to you. Just saying together bring warmth to my soul. Just understanding that we're supposed to be together, just, just give me just joy. 
Together, Stacy. Together. That's what God created us for. Togetherness. And because we didn't want to be together, we will use any excuse now as to why we won't come together and that we're apart. Those two words, apart and apart, are you the one word or the two words? Jesus is coming back. And he's asking us to fail not to assemble ourselves, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I ask you this morning before you go, don't 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 lose your focus. But let's just take a few minutes before we leave to pray together. Let's just take a few moments to worship the Lord together. And so if you can come a little closer without compromising anyone or yourself, let's do that. Let's do it together. God has called us to be together. Father, in the name of Jesus. Church, I love you. I love you with the love of God that is in me. And I preach the more the word of God this morning with passion and intensity because I just feel like that's what God is doing. But I want us today to pray together. To, to ask God to touch our hearts that we will have the motivation, the drive, the desire to want to be together in spite of pandemic, in spite of political agendas, in spite of all our racial tension. Let's ask God to touch our hearts to say, God, move in us that we will spur each other on in love to be together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I feel your presence, Lord, and I am so grateful. And I am so thankful, Lord God, that you will speak such a word to us and show us, oh God, with clarity why we, your children, must come together. Why we, your children, must assemble ourselves together. Oh God, I pray that you'll begin to draw us like you've never drawn us, Lord God. Every one of us that are here today, every one of us, Lord God, have tuned in virtually, that you will draw us, Lord God, in a way we have not been drawn because no man can come to you, oh God, except you draw them. And so today, together, we are praying and asking, Lord God, that we will have a drive, a motivation, a desire, Lord God, to come together. And Lord, if we don't have that drive, if we don't have that motivation, then we will will ourselves to come together. Because, Lord, we have seen clearly in your word how important it is to be together. 
And oh God, I pray that you will draw Christ-centered church closer than they've ever been, closer than we've ever been, that we will come together like never before, because God, it is you that we want to please. It is your will we want to see done. And God, whatever you need to do in us and through us to draw us closer to you, Lord God, let it be so, oh God, as we call upon your name this morning. Will somebody lift their hands right now and begin to talk to the Lord and worship him? There's a miracle that God wants to do in somebody's life here today. Whether you're online or whether you're here in the house of God, I believe there's a miracle that God wants to do for you. He wants to show you that when you are in obedience, when you do what he wants you to do, which is assembling yourself together, he will do the miraculous, the blessings will be poured out upon you because we are together, because we have obeyed the commands to assemble ourselves together. Oh God, will you pour out of your spirit upon all flesh here that before we go, we will experience the glory, the power, the signs, the wonders and miracles that only you can do, Lord God. We look to you. We look to the heavens. We cry out to you and say, Jesus, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Not our will, but your will. Let change come to our life today. Let change, oh God, come to our soul and our spirit today. That together we, oh God, will encourage one another. That we will come together to do your will. And never again allow ourselves to be deceived. And never again hold ourselves unaccountable. But we will be accountable to one another. Oh God, and be together. I pray today in the name of Jesus that you will, oh God, help us. That we will not be the same again. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, have your way. God, we love you. Come on, open up your mouth and love him. Come on, open up your mouth and begin to give him honor. Come on, lift up the name of Jesus. Open up your mouth and just begin to let him know how much you love him. How much you adore him. How much you appreciate him. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we adore you. Lord, we appreciate you. Lord, we honor you and we worship you. Lord, we give you praise for who you are. We, oh God, are so thankful. We're so thankful, almighty God, that you still see fit to speak to us and still see fit, Lord God, to instruct us even when we have been disobedient. Have your way today, O God. We love you, Lord Jesus. Have your way, Lord God. Bless your church today, Lord God. Bless your people today, Almighty God, that they will never be the same again. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, I thank you. Just lift your hand and just tell him thank you. Just lift your hand in surrenderance and just say thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands today and just say, God, I honor you. Just lift your hand and say, God, I adore you. Lift your hands and say, God, I appreciate you. God, there is none like you. You are the true and living God. 
the author and finisher of our faith, the King eternally mortal, the only wise God, the only true and living God. Oh, heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool. Oh, God, we adore you. Oh, God, we bless your name. Oh, God, we praise your name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There's something happening. There's something happening. Let God have His way. Let God have His way. Let God have His way. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is worthy, church. God is worthy of all the praises, of all the honor. Let me pray one more time. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know the need of every person here. You know, Almighty God, their struggles. You know their challenges. You know their hurt, Lord God. You know their pain, Almighty God. But I come today as your humble servant asking, Lord God, that you will help them, Lord God, that no person will leave this place today, oh God, without a touch from you, that no person will leave this place today, oh God, without their hurt being subsided, that no person will leave this place today without, Lord God, you helping them in their situation, and you providing for them and supplying their need, oh God, have your way today, in the name of Jesus, I give you praise, Lord God. God. Bless your children today, Lord God. Let your face shine upon them and be gracious unto them, Lord God. And let them experience your peace. Oh, church, God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to go in peace today. And know assuredly that just assemble yourself together with the body. Assemble yourself. Assemble yourself. Don't neglect to assemble yourself. Don't neglect to Assemble yourself together because we're going to heaven together. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you, church. I really love you. Have a fantastic and blessed day in Jesus' name.
Jesus. Friend.